Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Gardening does not have to be expensive. That is something I think we are told and shown through advertisement and stuff, and it's just not true. You do not need lots of money to grow an amazing garden. Hello and welcome to another episode of On Jimmy's Farm with me, Jimmy Doherty. This is the podcast where we discuss environmental issues and try and give everyone a slice of the good life along the way. Now, you join me in my veg patch in the blazing sunshine. It's the most beautiful day. I've just popped down to see the strawberries because they are kicking off. I've got three or four different varieties here. I've even got a little wild strawberry variety. And they're just, let me just that. I've got to say, British strawberries, summertime, it's just a match made in heaven and it's... Oh, when you pick a strawberry and it's still warm from the sunshine and it's sweet and delicious and at the same time you get a little bit of sharpness as well, it's just heavenly. And I think out of all the crops, strawberries for me have a real connection with childhood strawberry picking, the delight of seasonality, all those things. And I think, you know, farmers obviously grow food as a business, but growing food has so much more to offer than just the nutrition. It's such wonderful therapy and it's so exciting. I mean, I could sit here with my cup of tea. I'm going to be picking strawberries for the whole family, but to be honest, I'll probably eat about two or three kilos. (laughs) and pick one but it's one of those things it's like one for the family one for me they're so delicious but today's guest is all about growing food i've got the amazing emma bailey and she has been a youtube sensation and her youtube channel is all about the trials and tribulations of her allotment and the wonderful thing about emma is she's warts and all where so many gardening programs you feel that you're listening to experts all the time and you're you're constantly the student but with emma you are on the journey with her and she talks about her successes and her failures we have a really good chat about connecting with growing your own food the importance of growing your own food and how it really creates community so i hope you enjoy the episode and i'll see you back here by the strawberry patch. So Emma, thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. 
So I'm excited to talk to you because you are a bit of an inspiration for people who haven't really had a go at growing anything before to get involved. But tell me a bit about your journey into the world of growing and running your own allotment. Yeah, so I've always been interested in growing my own food right from when I was really young. I think all of us had the runner bean that you bring home from school in the jar. Yeah. So I loved growing. And then a few things happened in my life. I lost my nan to cancer and I lost my job at the same time. And I had two young children in school and we were renting. And I felt this pull to kind of be in nature, I think, and be outside in the garden. So I was spending a lot of time in my rental garden and I wanted to grow things. But if you're renting, you don't have the opportunity to do a lot to your garden. They don't like you to Mm. dig it up, believe it or not. So I applied for an allotment plot. And I'm quite embarrassed to say I got it quite quickly because it was about four months before we'd even heard of coronavirus when I went to my local council and said, I'd like an allotment plot, please. And they just said, well, we've got about four, but they're basically jungles. They're like blackberry jungles. Would you like one? And I was like, yeah, all right, then I'll take on your biggest one. So it just kind of spiraled from there. And I've just been obsessed ever since. Wow, because that's quite unusual because you're in South London, aren't you? Yes, I am, yeah. So to get hold of an allotment in London, it's I thought it was a bit like hen's teeth. They're almost impossible. Yeah, well, the waiting list, they did say to me, the waiting list is about two years, but we have four or five plots here which are completely overgrown. Nobody wants them. It wouldn't be like that now. Now people are coming in and taking them on. It doesn't matter what state they're in yeah but at the time nobody wanted them so I got my hands on one (laughs) so do you think COVID really sparked that interest of people wanting to grow their own food or the opportunities have maybe have some time on their hands want to change their direction yeah absolutely COVID has changed things massively the allotment plots are busy all the time now even in the winter time which is so amazing but yeah I think there's this kind of misconception that with an allotment plot you think older person retired because I think there's this idea that it takes a lot of time and it's something you can only do in retirement yeah and then we all had this amazing amount of time on our hands of lockdown and everyone was like well now I want to do it I've got the time I want to go and grow my own food so yeah it's interesting you just said that whole idea of being for an older generation whenever you see allotments on tv there's always some old boy in a cloth cap who's just bent over and he's getting it going oh my back and it's all that kind of wheelbarrows full up with weeds and all this kind of stuff but it's not like that at all it's a totally different scene isn't it yes it is there's definitely a lot more younger people getting involved now lots of kids there as well and families which is just so nice to see and so yourself getting involved with this I mean was it quite a healing aspect of having that allotment like you said you lost your job and your nan passed was that quite important having that allotment to focus on other things yeah definitely definitely I mean just literally being outside and having this purpose to be outside because it's all very well saying that I'm going to go on a walk every day but it's really hard to motivate yourself to get up and go for a walk every single day when you have an allotment plot, you have a purpose, you know that if you skip three or four days, it's going to be a jungle when you get back. And so you have this kind of purpose, really. It's so true. When I've planted seeds in the greenhouse, you think, doesn't matter if it's raining or wind, whatever, you get up and go make sure you water them and everything's coming on. 
And that purpose, although some people might think it's a bit of a bind, it's not. It becomes really exciting. That small little greenhouse space where you're growing all your seeds becomes this amazing little laboratory of life and things are shooting up left, right and centre. And then, I know it sounds weird, but you get a bit friendly with the spider that's living in the corner of the greenhouse or the ladybirds that are there and all that kind of stuff. It's enchanting and it focuses you on sort of detail and can often take your mind away from some of the bigger sort of worries in life. Yeah, definitely. I definitely started with a little bit of a difficult relationship with nature. And then having my allotment plot very quickly kind of forced me to look at nature in a different way and see it less as an enemy and more as (laughs) a friend, you know. What was your difficult relationship with it beforehand? What was your difficult relationship with nature? Well, I was brought up in, you know, my parents, they had an attitude to the garden of kind of containment. You know, we had the rectangular square lawn, the tiny, you know, flower beds at the side. My dad would mow the lawn every week, you know, decapitating all the daisies, picking up all the fox poo and tossing it over the fence. Yeah. So my relationship with nature was kind of like, it's the enemy. It's something that needs to be controlled. My job as a gardener is to keep it down and have my perfect raised beds with all my perfect vegetables. And it's massively changed now because when you have an allotment plot and you're growing your own food, you know that's not possible. You have to learn to accept nature and try to work alongside it instead of against it all the time. Yeah, that controlling element. You can't fight against this tide that is Mother Nature. You've got to go along with the ride (laughs) and hope to get a bit of a bounty along the way. I think it's always the thing. So for you getting into growing stuff, you've got this plot. Had you grown anything before? I mean, was was any sort of your parents or any family member? Oh, no, my family. Absolutely. Just not into gardening at all other than mowing the lawn like I said and pulling up some weeds that's about it I did grow a pumpkin in a pot (laughs) in my rental garden which is the first thing I ever grew so it was quite an achievement really but that's about it I just had this absolute pull and drive to pick up a load of vegetable seeds and just grow it and I just did it I love those packets of seeds. I always say it's like a, a little packet of promises that you open up and on the picture on the front is like beautifully established plants or wonderful sort of pictures of veg and you open up that packet and you're like, oh, this has real potential. And I love that. I love that excitement or planning out all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the interesting thing for me is for your journey into running an allotment, it's your effect on social media that I think is really interesting. You've built up quite a community, haven't you? Because you've got a YouTube channel and also you're very prolific on Instagram. Yeah, I think one of the things I really wanted to do was share my journey because when I started researching allotments and how do I grow this, how do I grow that, you're hit on Google particularly by expert after expert after expert and they do it right every time. Everything they do is just perfect. For me as a beginner, it was quite intimidating and so I wanted to share my journey to show the times when it goes wrong and that's okay and it's part of the journey is mucking up and getting things wrong so I think my audience appreciate that and can kind of relate to me a little bit more because I show when things go wrong as well. Yeah that is really important because I think you're right the experts are there and they're so important because when you buy books you go online you you listen to experts but in some instances 
they can feel like a wall of knowledge that you've got no way of breaking through unless you go through 20 years of studying or working in a garden. And it, it can put a lot of people off. But the idea of going, actually, I could just get on with it. I'll just plant some seeds and see what happens and learn along the way. And that fear of starting I often puts a lot of people off. You know, I yeah. think that's the thing. But it is important. I think the warts and all is really good because I think when you watch a lot of shows, the grass is always greener on the other side, isn't yeah. it? Everyone's doing yeah. really well well oh I've grown this I've done that yeah. oh look I, yeah. I've made this cake aren't oh, no, I brilliant and you have a go yourself and it's rubbish so I think you're the honesty is so important because people say well actually if you've failed if your seeds haven't come up or if your polytunnel's blown away or whatever it is then if that's happened to you it happens to me we're all in the same boat yeah and it's funny too it's fun and if you love something and you know gardening is my hobby and my passion I don't want to take it massively seriously I'm not growing to feed my entire street. You know, I don't have a farm. It's my allotment plot. It's my space. And I want to have fun with it. And I think it's funny when things go wrong and people laugh with me. And I laugh at myself too. And it's good fun. Yeah, I was watching you bouncing around your garden the other day. Were you on Slug Patrol? <laughs> or snail patrol i can't yeah, remember always but it's uh, yeah always because it's quite but even something like that which it's so strange thinking about it like slug patrol or snail patrol you go out in the evening with a torch and a glass of wine you pick these slugs and snails up and you can deposit them somewhere else in a hedgerow somewhere or on the park or whatever else but the idea of doing that becomes quite fun and become quite obsessive over it don't you yeah, absolutely. And it's hilarious. I mean, sometimes I have to step back a little bit and look at myself. What am I doing? I'm collecting slugs and snails. And a few years ago, I would never have thought that I'd be doing any of these things. And now I'm talking to the birds. I'm yelling at the fox. I've got a relationship with the neighbor's cat. And it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, if we go to your allotment, what are we going to see? How is it set out? How has it sort of changed? So I've gone for the raised beds. And that was really just because when I started, I didn't know what I was doing. And so I looked at other allotment plots and they all seem to have raised beds. So I got, it's all made out of old wood, floorboards and any wood I could get my hands on. I've started to change them to be no dig now because I think it's okay. better for the environment, better for weed control, things like that. So I'm learning. I'm learning as I go. I've got a polytunnel, which I've got my tomatoes in and I've anchored it down this time. So hopefully it won't fly away. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a bright pink shed as well, because why not? Well, you've got to. You've got to. I've got yeah. a bright pink tractor. So <laughs> I think where you can, you've got to be flamboyant. Yeah. You've got to let that side out, haven't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. It can't all be onions and <laughs> tilling the soil. You've got to have a bit of fun. The interesting thing with the raised beds, because I've just put raised beds in our garden, is that it makes a massive difference in terms of literally bending over mm. when you're dealing with the plants. But also it helps with some of the sort of pest control as well because some of the slugs and snails don't really get up there as much. Yeah. And also it sort of looks tidier and easier to manage. Yeah, it's just an instant way of making a plot look more under control. And you know what? There's a lot to be said for that because when it looks under control and it looks neat, you're more likely to want to go there and it feels easier and more manageable. Yeah, and then you get small scaffold boards, you screw them together so you've got those raised beds and then you can increase the soil depth in there and you can build your fertility and all that kind of stuff. So you, mm. that's really good because if you're growing something like carrots, you get really lovely shaped carrots, don't you? Because yeah. the soil so light and fluffy because it's all raised. Mm. But the key to a raised bed 
is never to walk on it, is it, really? You should never... I always say a raised bed, you should be able to lean across it, yeah. but there's no need to walk on it. Because if you walk on it, you're going to compact the soil. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how I decided how big they would be. I would kneel down and just reach as far as I could. Okay, that's going to be the middle. Middle can't be any further than that. And it's just a really simple way, without overcomplicating it, of how big you should make. Now, as an allotment grower, when you're growing your fruit and veg... Do you go for, I'm trying to be self-sufficient and grow everything, or do you grow sort of very sort of specific things? Well, I have a few favourites. I think no allotment plot is complete without onions and garlic, but mainly because of when you can put them in the ground. Everyone's itching to put stuff in the ground, so you can start those late autumn time. I love pumpkins, and I grow a pumpkin arch every year, or at least I'm trying to this year. Yeah. Yeah, so I tend to just grow what I feel like growing that year to be honest what is it about pumpkins because I've got to admit I'm a bit of a pumpkin pervert I like a pumpkin <laughs> well no I don't have room at home to grow pumpkins so they have yeah. to go to the allotment plot and last year I grew mini pumpkins and I grew them over Amazing. an archway and they all hung down over the archway and it was yeah. so magical and amazing I was so proud of it I'm just going to do it every year now I think see this is why I love pumpkins because <laughs> I put my courgettes out and then I have the pumpkins out as well and then as everything else sort of dies over and moves away you're left with these incredible pumpkins yeah come sort of autumn time that you can cut and you can leave to ripen and there's so much variety. Everyone just thinks about those sort of Halloween pumpkins. Yeah. But you get tiny small ones, you get great big ones, multicolored ones, elongated ones. Yeah. I love it. And one thing I do is when if I go if I'm on holiday and I've eaten a really delicious pumpkin, I always keep the seeds. Yeah. I always go, oh let's keep the seeds and then I'll take them home and I'll grow them because they are so easy to germinate and get going. Yeah, they are. But it's interesting, you do get these iconic things that you absolutely love growing. I mean I'm not overly fond of growing parsnips or too many roots or veggies. It's a long process. I like the quick come again things and cut and come again salads or you get unusual sort of courgette varieties or the more expensive sort of stuff that's expensive to buy in the shops. I like growing that kind of stuff yeah definitely I mean I like growing anything that actually grows to be honest because yeah every year at my plot something that worked one year just doesn't work the next year and I don't know why so I have to be quite quick in my planning and stuff so when I bung something in I bung like tomatoes in and then they all get blind yeah. I've got to rip them out and think okay what's going to go in their place so I'm constantly just changing yeah. every year that's the thing mm. but I do think everyone should grow sweet corn at some stage yeah. because I think there's the beautiful architecture and the dominance it has it suddenly gives your garden or your plot some real height yeah. but the thing of sweet corn is when you harvest it and then you immediately cook it it's a million miles away from anything you get in the shops isn't it yeah absolutely absolutely yeah Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And what about your kids? Have they got involved? Yes, they have. I mean, sometimes I have to drag them there, literally drag them there. (laughs) My kids are just glued to their iPads and technology, like most kids are, I think. But it's really funny because when I do manage to drag them to the allotment plot, it's like they morph into normal children. (laughs) Not being mean or anything like about them, but it's like they're running free, they're digging, they're getting muddy. And it's so nice to see and just to get them away from a screen for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, screens really have their place and they're amazing in terms of learning abilities and having an encyclopedia at your fingertips and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But the the connection children get when they go into a garden or an allotment, I watch my kids and you start weeding with them and talk about the process, why you're weeding and picking out the unwanted plants that are going to compete with your veggies. And then you might unearth a beetle grub or something and talk about that and go, oh, that's really important, we need that there. Or That simplicity to life is lovely. And then the idea of going, go and pick some strawberries. Yeah. And the kids get obsessed with the next... And they know exactly where the next strawberry is going to ripen because they've been watching it. It's like sweets <laughs> in a jar. And I think they're sort of lovely little things that you never forget as a kid. And it's so important that all kids have that. And I'd love it if every school had a growing area. So at least all kids could experience that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. My kid, they appreciate the allotment so much when they're there. And my son in particular, Tommy, is obsessed with growing. And I'm just pushing it forward as much as I can because I think it's just great. But what's been the toughest thing for you to grow? Because everyone has their favourites. And then there can be some stuff that's just a real nightmare. Yeah, I mean, I've never been able to grow a leek. Even I've been told over and over again, they are one of the easiest vegetables to grow. Well, I can't grow them. They never get bigger than like a strand of grass. And that's it. They just stop. That's it. Yeah, that's it. They just don't do anything else. I struggle with parsnips and things like that, but mainly because I get quite impatient and I rip them out too soon. (laughs) And then I have quite a lot of trouble with slugs and snails at my allotment plot so I am constantly battling them and trying to come up with ways of deterring them and I'm trying companion planting now I'm planting a lot of nasturtiums in the corners of my raised beds to try and deter them or get them to go there I don't know and it's a battle (laughs) it's difficult whenever I find a toad I always put them in the bed and it's like a little colony of toads that live around all my sort of brassicas and stuff. And, you know, they can come and go wherever they want, but because it's so full of food for them, they're like, this is brilliant. And I end up with loads of fat toads in there. (laughs) So it's trying to bring in nature, but sometimes you do feel that it's a war of attrition. And I've turned up where I've planted whole rows of stuff out and the rooks have come out and all they've done is just pick 
<laughs> one plant up after the other, just drop it and drop it down. Yeah. Or back onto the soil. Almost as to say, in your face, Jimmy, there's no way you're going <laughs> to succeed. And then I always have like a spare load of seedlings ready to put out again. So I always know. And you sort of compensate for that, don't you? you? Sort of like the losses to pests and stuff like that. I always try and compensate by having more plants to put out. Yeah. But when I've grown stuff, I've always had it in at the farm and we don't have anyone to compare with next door. But when you're growing an allotment, mm. it's a bit like being on Instagram because you've got other growers all around you. Do you ever get any allotment envy? And there's got to be someone on the allotment that's like, wow, he's like the king of potatoes or the queen of parsnips. Yeah, absolutely. All the time, constantly. I mean, <laughs> I've had some new neighbours, I mean, a lot of new neighbours move in, but a couple in particular, and I'm sure they'll listen to this and they won't mind me saying... They are builders by trade. Their plot is incredible. And they've just installed a secondhand kitchen into their shed, complete with a working sort of, you know, like a gas hob and everything so they can pick their own stuff and they can go into their shed and cook it all. I mean, it is the plot of dreams. I don't know how they go home. I think they might be moving in or something. <laughs> wow, that yes. is incredible. Yeah. But that just shows you how allotments have moved on where it would be just a shed you keep your tools and that's about it. Yeah. But now having areas where you can sit, you can cook, you can sit and relax, read a book, have a cup of tea. Yeah. It's that real sort of lifestyle and connecting with nature so much more than it used to be because it I suppose back in the day I think about my granddad growing stuff. It was all very sort of gardener's world percy thrower is about growing veg just for the table not necessarily connecting with nature but now it's much more of that getting back to a simpler way of life yeah there's a lot newer allotment holders who are coming in are definitely thinking more about nature there's a lot more wildlife ponds showing up everywhere and there's more flowers as well and i think people are actively thinking about bringing nature and wildlife into their allotment plots which is amazing because they are such magical places allotment plots if you go to one and just walk through it especially in the city in London it is like you're walking past traffic and then you go through these gates and it's like entering this wildlife sanctuary and there's flowers and there's vegetables and you can hear the birds and you don't even notice the traffic and stuff so it Mm. is just it they are magical places the thing i love about allotments and the times that i've been to visit allotment groups and growing associations all that kind of stuff is that it really represents a cross-section of that urban community Mm. because there's people that are just there because they love food and love growing food but it really shows the best of a community because there's everyone really gets on and everyone's willing to help out with if someone's got a problem or they haven't brought a bit of kit or whatever everyone's willing to help out or make a cup of tea and I think there's a real positivity when it comes to allotments give so much to communities yeah definitely I've lost count of the amount of free plants that I've been given at my plot by neighbours who have either grown too many of them or particularly strawberries I can't take any more strawberries because (laughs) I get so many of those but yeah there's a real sense of community we have a community allotment plot as well where we invite local schools down to come and help out on the plot for an hour or so in the morning so there is a big community at the plot and has it made you feel more connected with your local community since you've been growing an allotment yeah I guess so in a sense yeah I mean most people stick to their own little plots I think since lockdown as well when we couldn't really go off of our plots at all so a lot of people put fences up and things like that but then at the same time you do find yourself chatting with people that perhaps you wouldn't 
normally in your community and meeting different people and especially because I'm in London there's so many different cultures there it just feels like such a special kind of place. I think there is something very magical about allotments and there's something very grounding and it's really lovely when you see a whole community come together and it's like a little patchwork of different growing areas but apart from that side of your gardening life tell me a bit about your YouTube channel were you surprised at the success of it? Uh, Yes massively (laughs) when I started making them they were kind of for myself and to see my own kind of progress and for that reason I was very much myself which now makes me feel a little bit anxious when I upload videos because I am putting so much of who I am out there and had I known it would grow so much I might have acted like I knew what I was doing a little bit more or something but it's too late for that now so yeah I was definitely surprised. It's been going for a long time isn't it was it seven years? Yes I only started doing the allotment stuff sort of three years ago when I got my allotment. Yeah, I've been making little videos for a few years, yeah. And then the latter part, concentrating on growing. But that connection with people, and like you say, you put your personality out there, but that's key to it though, isn't it? It's your personality that is really key to drawing people in. You've got quite a bit of a fan base. Do you have any fans (laughs) turn up the allotment now? Oh my goodness, no, not so far. And I hope that does not happen. (laughs) Because they know all my secrets. I bet it does. But it is a strange thing, isn't it? Because say if I do something on the telly, Food Unwrapped or whatever it is, you are sort of presenting, so you're giving facts and you, you chat to someone about how you make bread or you talk to some farmer about whatever. But it's very much a question and answer kind of thing. But for you, you are putting your personality out there. Yeah. And that is a, sometimes a bit of a worry, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. I consider myself to be quite a nervous, anxious kind of person. I don't like being the centre of attention. I couldn't imagine going on the telly and presenting to millions of people ever. And yet it doesn't feel like I'm talking to many people. I've got my camera, I'm on my own and I'm editing everything I put up. So it feels very safe when I do that. And then when I upload it and see the amount of comments and the amount of people watching, that's when I realise just how many people are out there watching me. (laughs) Yeah. I think people really appreciate the honesty and having that connection. Mm. That's something you don't always get from television. If you're putting yourself out there and you're just discussing like you're just talking to yourself, I think people really like Mm. that. And I think it sort of strips bare a lot of, not the pretenses of television, but the idea that everything is rosy and uh, this is how you do it all. Mm. But it's interesting with the media and gardening because a lot of the gardening shows that are on at the moment tend to be, I suppose, sort of competition shows or before and after, mm-hmm. a makeover show. But the reality of this is how to grow something. I think I've got Gardener's World out there and there's one or two others that would tell you the technical side of it. But I think when you come to your YouTube channel and your diaries of how you set everything up is that you get that information as well, but in a sort of different format, which is much more sort of relaxed and very funny and often. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a real person setting up a real allotment plot with hardly any gardening experience and you get to kind of watch that whole process but you also kind of get to see my journey and I feel like my followers have come on a journey with me from when I was 
battling the fox and running away from the allotment because he was looking at me funny, to being chased out the shed by a spider, to suddenly like creating a massive pumpkin arch. And they kind of get to have those successes with me, follow along with me. So it's so important just to show that, you know, anyone can start and get involved. There shouldn't be any restrictions. So what, what would be then your top tips for someone who's thinking about starting to grow their own veg? Where would you go to find a piece of land, an allotment? Well, the thing is, they're not available very much like anymore. The waiting lists are just crazy. And I get so many comments from people saying, I want to grow, I want to grow my own fruit and veg, but I can't get an allotment plot. The waiting list is 10, 15 years, which is just crazy to me. But I say start anyway. I'm growing loads yeah. of fruit and veg at the moment in my little concrete courtyard garden. It's three and a half meters by one meter. I have just covered the walls in trellis. I've got pots everywhere and I'm just going for it. So you can grow anywhere. And if it's what you're really passionate about and what you really want to do, don't worry about how much gardening experience you have. Because at the end of the day, even if you've got a degree in horticulture or you're just starting out, all of us are just whacking seeds in the ground and hoping that they grow. And that's what we're all doing. And that is it. Just get going. And it doesn't matter if you can't get an allotment or you haven't yeah. got a garden. If you've just got a bare bit of concrete, just get yeah. some pots. I always think the best thing to grow, if you've never grown anything before in your life, is get some rocket. Yeah. And grow some yeah. rocket. Because you can't go wrong with that. And it grows like bilio. It's called rocket because it grows so quickly. Yeah. And then you're cutting it and you're eating it. It's straight away that immediate thing. And I think... That gives you confidence, I think, you know, and don't be scared because plants do die. And that's, yes. that's just part of it. Yes, they do. A lot. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> a lot. You've got to give it a go. And I always think you don't need all the kit either. No. Oh, my goodness. No. When I started, I've had like a broken shovel and a fork with only like two, I don't know what you call them, little metal bits. And that's all I had. And I've planted plants with my bare hand. I've just dug a hole and planted it. You don't need to spend money on gardening. You just need a packet yeah. of seeds and that's it. You're away. That's, that's it. And even sometimes the seeds are already in your house. Oh, yeah. So yeah. if you like, you know, coriander seeds yeah. or get a tomato, take the seeds out of tomato or a pepper and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So, or even chili seeds. You've got, you've probably already got them in your yeah. house. Yeah, you don't have to go to the garden centre. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, gardening does not have to be expensive. That is something I think we are told. And shown through advertisement and stuff and it's just not true you do not need lots of money to grow an amazing garden so tell me emma what is next for you then because you've got a well-established allotment you've got a fantastic youtube channel you're big on instagram what's next i mean is it a book are you gonna have a tv series <laughs> i could see you on tv oh my goodness no i would be far too nervous to be on tv it's when i do my vlogs i'm re-recording myself a thousand times before i get anything right I would like to have a book. I'd like to write my own book and have that published one day. I kind of think it would be called something like the Whack It In Gardening Method with Emma Bailey. Yeah. Something like that. But I don't know. I'll see where life takes me. <laughs> yeah. The season's well underway now, isn't it? So you must have stuff coming up ready to harvest already. Yes. Just peas and broad beans so far. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. I've already had all my radishes and then I've got all the strawberries that are coming through now and then the lettuces are just ready to pick. Yep, brilliant. <laughs> good time of year, good time of year. But listen, Emma, it's been lovely chatting to you and I really advise people to go to your YouTube channel 
watch your videos, they're brilliant. And like you say, just get involved, just start, just whack it in. Yeah, just get on with it, just whack it all in, just go. <laughs> brilliant, thank you, Emma. Thank you. Well, I'm still here amongst the strawberry patch and it's one of those crops that are so fantastic because as you delve into the undergrowth, the more you look, the more you see and they're just endless strawberries. And I am just gorging myself on them. And they're all different shapes and sizes. There's one here with a really sort of podgy sort of face and a messy top to it. Actually, it looks a little bit like, <laughs> looks a little bit like Boris Johnson as a strawberry. I don't think I'll eat that one. But there we go, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode. The wonderful Emma Bailey. She's fantastic because she's a great ambassador for people that just might not be au fait with growing your own food, but just to get involved. You know, everyone should have a go at it. And it's great to see that she's prepared to show her failures as well as her successes because that's the inspirational side of it, I think. Check out our YouTube channel. Check her out on Instagram and have a go. Have a go at growing some food. Grow some strawberries in some pots. You can grow tomatoes and basil and window boxes. If you've got a bit of land, get more adventurous. See if you can get a Everyone should have a go. It's one of the great treats is growing your own food, particularly beautiful British strawberries in the height of the summer. It is a delight. Listen, if you've loved this episode, please like, subscribe, leave comments wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll see you all back here on the farm for another episode of On Jimmy's Farm. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.